Smartcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, all right, all right. It is time for the One of Ed podcast going into week 17. David Schiff, as always, here with my partner, the man, the myth, the man who is now in Las Vegas as we speak, Miles V. Miles, how is Las Vegas treating you? I am Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. That's right, David. I am here in the city of lost wages, uh, betting some sports, playing some slots. I'm playing live poker later today with my dad, which will be really interesting. It'll be my dad, myself, and my son, three generations of us at the poker table together. Going to have to take a picture of that. That's going to be really, really fun. We tried that once last year, and really all it was was my son and I taking money off grandpa. Pretty fun. <laughs> I love that. Unfortunately, my father has passed away, or I would uh, have, be looking forward to doing that next year with with my oldest. Uh, I was also just in Las Vegas. We missed each other, but we did get to see each other in Los Angeles. So if you go to X or Twitter right now, there's actually uh, a mythical photo of the Wannabet talent together in the same place. We had a great dinner. Uh, had some great Thai food together. It was great to see you and your family. Great to see you for the holidays. Yeah, it's been a nice couple of weeks. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Same. Yeah, reunited and it feels so good. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to see you here. I know you had lots of stuff going on in Vegas. You saw shows. You ended up doing Top Golf. You had good meals. I mean, I actually think I should have gone with your family instead of mine. Yeah, we, we definitely did it upright. And I say it's been a good couple of weeks. It's not been a good couple of weeks for the WannaBet boys on the betting side of things. So just going to jump right into it. Another really rough week for both of us. Uh, we have one win between the two of us for the second week in a row. Not great. I've really hit the wall because you had the one win. I didn't. I took the silver sombrero this week. <laughs> Really, really tough. And nothing I can say about it. Two of my three games, I wasn't even close. One was sort of a grind, lost in the last minute or two. That was Seattle scoring a last-minute touchdown. But the other two games that I had, not close. I'm limping to the end. I have now gone under. I'm not uh, in the plus money for for the year. So really, really tough times. I need to turn it around in the last couple weeks. My advice to you, start drinking heavily. Right. I I feel like... uh... We just haven't we haven't been as precise these last couple of weeks and, and, and me too. I mean, yeah, there was the week where I had all the pushes and I was kinda right there. And then this week, uh, the games that I selected didn't seem to be uh be ones that were that good. And it's ironic because I'm in a weekly pick pool and I did really well in that one. So I either need to uh pick my games on the same day or coordinate them or do something. Uh but but yeah, this uh if you were taking our advice these last couple of weeks, you might no longer be a listener to the show. 
Yeah, if you're uh, tailing our bets, we do apologize for the last couple of weeks. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, let's recap a little bit. As everybody knows on the Wanna Bet podcast, Miles and I have $1,000 every week to play with. We make at least three bets. Each bet has to be at least $100, and we have to spend it all. Last year, we did some, last year, last week, we did something a little different in that we did not tell each other our bets ahead of time. They were a complete surprise, and we had so much fun doing that. We're going to do it again this week. So when Miles hears my bets after the break, it'll be for the first time and vice versa. And I noticed Donnie Wheels thinks that that should be how we do it all the time. He didn't like, I guess he didn't know that we were making picks and giving each other you know, uh, a heads up on what we were looking at so that, you know, we were able to prepare more for the breakdown and analysis. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we did so poorly because we didn't have the analysis of each other's bets. I feel like we might've mentioned it a time or two. I mean, over a year and a half for us not to be on each other's bets, probably a little bit, uh, you know, improbable, but, uh, yeah, we have put it out there in the open. So now we are doing this completely, uh, spontaneously and on a whim to the other person. So yeah, it was fun, and uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. As we get into playoff season, though, you know, it's later in the year. As we look at bets, we have to factor in things like matchups and weather and all that sort of stuff. But I had a fun sort of pop quiz that I wanted to throw at you because I know that you love a good pop quiz. It is true. It is true. You are you are the daddy of pop quiz givers. You're like the Alex Trebek, who's not Canadian. I do love a good pop quiz. I like to uh, grab these fun facts as I come across them. So here is my, in honor of playoff football starting in a couple weeks, here is my pop quiz for the week. There are three, Miles, three active quarterbacks with at least 10 playoff wins and at least 25 playoff touchdowns and the word active probably a little key there you should uh, you should remember that so three active quarterbacks in the nfl can you name them with how many playoff wins what, what was it with three active with 10 playoff wins 10 or more wins 25 or more touchdowns interesting well because of your little clue I'm going to suggest Flacco because I know he is a Super Bowl winner and in order to win the Super Bowl that's a quite a few uh playoff wins there is that one of them that is one of them okay nice not the quarterback who i thought i was giving you with my clue but okay you did get one of the three well i mean he's active he's starting but i guess he's only been playing since week 13 uh let's see oh no it can't be i can it can't can it be russell wilson who's active but he's no longer promoted and he's one of them because he also had a run with seahawks he is technically active. He is not one of the three. Oh, damn it. Uh, Dallas never wins. I mean, so d- they always lose. It can't be Dak. You're correct. It is not Dak. Yeah. Is it, is it, uh, Al- is it Allen? Is it uh, Bill's Allen? It is not. So I will tell you that the active clue was leaning you, was pointing you towards Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Who, of course, is technically active, but not going to play. And the third one, I thought you would get this one, is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, that that was pretty obvious. So there you go. Yeah. No, you know, my mind has just been kind of all over the board. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You know what? I I give you a little bit of a break because trying to cycle through all the quarterbacks right now with all of the uh, injuries and trades and different starters, it's it's hard to go through the mental Rolodex these days of who is playing and who is not. No, I just read today that Minnesota is going with a different quarterback. 
Uh, I think uh, Denver just decided to bench Russell Wilson, and there's another quarterback there. That's a crazy situation because I guess there's a big contract dispute. Dispute. He wouldn't renegotiate his contract to get rid of some of the injury guarantees, and they're like, you're not the quarterback for the next couple of weeks. I, I don't imagine he will be the quarterback next year for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Well, and, and you said something earlier, which I think is interesting. When you get into the last weeks of the season and you got some teams that are playing for something and some that aren't and players that are playing for, you know, next year's getting a contract. And it, these last two weeks, you know, are always so weird, which is why most fantasy sports, you know, have their championship week last week. So congratulations to all those people who won their fantasy leagues already. Or if you've got your championship week coming up this week, good luck to you. Uh, I was eliminated way early, unfortunately. I, for some reason, I thought Tony Pollard would be a really good running back pick, and he, he wasn't didn't pan out this year statistically. Well, that's a great segue because I'm actually in my fantasy final uh, next week. Uh, I've had a great receiver core, AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey and Mike Evans. Uh, but good little segue into our recap, uh, which I'm going to start right now. So my first game last week is I took uh, Cincinnati minus two uh, at Pittsburgh, three thirty to win three hundred. I just thought Cincinnati was riding a streak with Jake Browning. You know, Pittsburgh had really been scuffling. They did replace uh, Trubisky with Mason Rudolph and Pittsburgh. I, I, you know what happened, Miles? I angered the Mike Tomlin gods. I'm not a smart man. Because mm-hmm. I actually said on the podcast that this was going to be the year that the Steelers did not finish at least 500. And so Mason Rudolph, on the second play of the game, throws an 85-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens. Guess who I had on the bench on my fantasy team? George Pickens, who had 195 yards, four receptions, and two touchdowns. And I still managed to win. But that was sort of the omen uh, for that game and and that week. I I don't know what – this is a game I don't know what happened. Uh, You know, Browning – of course, when I picked them, this is the first week when he plays like a backup. He has three interceptions. Pittsburgh defense was solid. You know, their two home games before this one, they had lost to you know New England and Arizona. They were mad. They really took out their uh, aggression on the Bengals. This wasn't close, 34-11. to 11. I never had a chance on this game. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, and I told you I was looking at that game myself, but I, th- I thought it was just a weird spot, especially having Pittsburgh losing to two teams that they should have beat that only had, I think, one or two wins at the time. And it just was like, Pittsburgh, will the real Pittsburgh please stand up? And this is the real Pittsburgh. They're always competitive. That was their eighth win. Uh, Like you pointed out, with with 17 weeks this year uh, in the season, um, they, you know, need to win one more to remain over that 500. But we can at least say this is Tomlin's, you know, ex consecutive year of hitting eight wins. That's true. And it's just such a weird situation when you have these games with new quarterbacks playing. Even if they are backups for a reason, sometimes when a new quarterback steps into the offense, the defense doesn't have a lot of film on them. The new quarterback is fresh and healthy and hasn't been banged up for 14, 15 weeks. And that quarterback, if they get a lead early on, like happened with Mason Rudolph, really found his confidence and led that team to a lot of points. And it's exactly what the Steelers needed at this point in the season. Unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of that bet. 
Uh, let's jump to a game that I was much closer on, only to have it slip away in the last minute, as I had Tennessee uh, on the money line at plus 120, playing at home over Seattle. I had bet 325 to win 390. As it turns out, Will Levis was not the starting quarterback for Tennessee. It was Ryan Tannehill returning from his ankle injury from week six, which I actually thought was going to be a good thing, obviously a good quarterback. Give Seattle credit for the second week in a row in the last minute with the last drive a quarterback a different quarterback leads them down the field and they pull it out they score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter uh they they edge tennessee 20 to 17 tennessee was ahead most of this game uh and they just didn't have enough and in the end you know seattle snuck off with a win unfortunately for me i was tracking that game and it did seem like tennessee was up pretty much for all of it and i thought Wow, David has the money line here when they're getting points, so this is going to be a pretty big win for him. And then, I guess, luckily, you know, if since they did lose, uh, it turns out that the points that you would have taken still wouldn't have mattered. I think it was two and a half. Correct. So at least you got that going for you. I mean, I mean, you you made a good gamble, and it, and it and it should have worked out. But it's not like you made a wrong decision on whether to take the points or not. Well, that is, uh, I guess, a little bit of consolation uh, that I was sort of in the right place on that bet. But, you know, looking at the hole across the week, losing all three, it was a, it was a tough week. Uh, and that leads us into the last game, which you and I were both on. You were on it twice, and that was San Francisco minus four and a half at home uh, over Baltimore. And again, did not see this coming. Baltimore pounded them 33 to 19. And... This game, you wonder if it's going to have ramifications beyond this game. And I say that only because Brock Purdy had four interceptions and he got a little bit hurt. So first time down the field, he throws a bad interception in the end zone. Then there were a couple of interceptions off of deflections. But when you're 23 years old and all of a sudden you've thrown four interceptions, now you're out of the game. Sam Darnold leads them to a touchdown. Not that Sam Darnold's going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers, but you just hope that this game doesn't get in Purdy's head a little bit because it was a disaster that just came out of nowhere. And look, give Lamar Jackson credit. That guy is probably going to be the MVP now. He probably, you know, leap leapfrogged over Purdy with his performance. He's been great. And I was wrong on Baltimore this year. I will admit it. Tough game. You did have the over. So that was one, uh, <laughs> that was one victory for us this week. Yeah. I watched that game and I too was just surprised with the game flow. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's funny, you know, there's a, it's, this is somewhat sweeping the internet, but there was a guy that had a, a $200,000 bet uh, or at least it was worth two hundred thousand. He didn't bet two hundred thousand that Brock Purdy was going to win MVP, and he swapped it and took uh, a discount at one hundred and twenty-five thousand before the game. And whoever bought that ticket has just got to be scratching their head, going, "I just made a bad decision." Because I, I, unfortunately, I just think people are going to dwell on that game. And I think it was right to pull him, mm-hmm. whether he was injured or not. It just wasn't his game. And uh, yeah. I mean, and and as for the over, that was kind of a surprise to me watching the game flow, too. I mean, if you recall, the game started out with a safety, uh, you know, two nothing. And then it was five nothing. And then it was five three. And I'm thinking, you know, all these little small scores are not going to get me to the over. 
but there was a lot of lot more scoring at the end of the game. So especially the second half. Yeah, well, I texted you. I told you you had it in the bag. I'm not sure if you saw that text, but uh, that was our one win of the week. You texted me. Hang on a minute here. You texted me to say it was in the bag in order to try to jinx the bat. <laughs> Let's be honest here. You dick. You were trying to mush it, and you did it before it was in the bag. I resent that accusation. I was manifesting it into existence for you. You were right there, and, you know, you got there. I think we need to do a poll about this mushing bets and that that it's not good conduct in order to mush your partner's bets like that. How can you say it was a mushed bet? It was a bet you won. That's because I had to anti-mush it. I had to say, (laughs) no, it's not in the bag. Um, Yeah. In any event, that was a great, great uh, over, and I was happy that that one came in for me. Um, And you're right, that was the only win, uh, because my other game was the Jets' commanders under, and I don't know what even happened in that game. That game was like 28 points scored by the Jets in the first half, I think it was. That that was <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell? Where did this offensive output even come from? Well, some of it came from the commanders when they were turning the ball over deep in their own territory and you know giving the Jets 20 yards to go to score a touchdown. That was some of it. Yeah, but still, they're not used to scoring touchdowns. They're used to their field goal kicker getting all the points. And and I guess, you know, when you have two teams that don't have much to play for, anything can happen. I just thought it would be a defensive strategy struggle and no uh, that game was lost and lost early so uh, I needed that uh, over to come in in order for me to return I think it was $630 to my bank I think that's exactly right and things are getting desperate for me so with two weeks to go Miles you're still $900 up on the year at 16906 and I am slipping back a little bit 15201 so I'm now down on the year and more importantly I'm about $1,700 down uh, in our competition for NFL playoff seats. So you are looking like you will be going to an NFL playoff game. Don't mush it again. You're trying to mush in front of everyone. It's kind of a guarantee that you're going to be going to a playoff game this year, but you would probably not appreciate it if I said it that forcefully. So I won't say that. Yes. Thank you. So that's how we did. There's a chance. There's a chance that I'm going to win this bet. How about that? <laughs> More than a chance. <laughs> how uh, how about our army? That's how we did. How did the army do this week? You are going to laugh your ass off because your favorite member of the army, John Zvagdis, is wearing that golden sombrero with you. Oh, John, you're you're my hero. I appreciate the sympathy sombrero. What happened? Yeah, he just didn't have it this week. He, like you, just did not have a read on the game. So, sorry, John. Uh, you did the worst along with our good friend host, David. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, RJ was a winner at two and, 2 and 1. He had Atlanta come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had, uh, I think it says Baltimore. Yeah, he had Baltimore come in. So, Again, RJ is probably up some of the most this year. Him and Donnie Wheels. Donnie Wheels had three games come in. He had Carolina. He had Baltimore. He had Atlanta. He just saved $100 to do a parlay that didn't come in. So he was 3-0 and on his, on his regular picks, but his – uh, his uh, convoluted parlay did not come in. Hmm. Uh, we've got Dave Barron's had a two in one week. He had Miami. He had the Lions and Vikings over. Uh, Dave Siegel had a week like we usually have. He went one one and one. He uh, he had the Raiders and then he pushed with the Bears and 
Arizona over under. So did he have the Raiders against the spread, or he didn't have them on the money line? Did he? That would be not on the money line this time. It was just uh, just the Raiders. So that was good for him. Who saw that coming? We've got Bill Kaklanis. He got Carolina correct, and then we have my cousin Nick, who had the Bears. The Bears in 2023 or some other version of the Bears? No, he was a timely <laughs> bet for the Bears, so he was all over that. He just had the, the Packers on the other side. That was his loss. But right. yeah, the Army uh, the Army did okay. It was a mixed week for sure. Well, the Army did better than me, except for John. So we love the Army. We love the participation. We love the loyalty. Uh, you guys are what makes this fun. So keep it up. Two more weeks. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure that some of the army, they're tallying their scores. So we're going to find out how they've done uh, along the way as well. Yeah. I've noticed that I think Donnie wheels have been keeping track as well. Uh, well, actually a lot of them have been keeping track, but Donnie wheels is up a fair amount as is RJ. Mm -hmm. So if only those guys would post their picks so I could see them, I might actually back them on, on the podcast and, uh, and close this thing out. But instead, since I'm in Vegas and if I see their picks, I might just, tail them while I'm here and uh, make a little extra money on the side. Although RJ has a tendency to pick against me. And if I, I don't want to, you know, bet both. Well, I was thinking the same thing that maybe we should have the army submit their picks by a certain time. And then we can just tail their bets on the podcast. Cause that's what I need to do right now. Yeah. Well, that is where things are at. We would like our other listeners to join the army at their convenience by going to, uh, X or Twitter, whatever you like to call it, and at Wannabet Podcast, and tell us who you think is going to win this week. Tell us who you like to, uh, you know, make it to the playoffs. Tell us, tell us anything. Tell us what you think of the show. Speaking of other listeners, I do want to give a quick shout out to my aunt Arlene. Not a huge football NFL fan, but she listens every week. She loves the podcast. So Arlene, get your picks in. Go to Twitter. Get some bets out there. Uh, we really appreciate you following along with us. I think Aunt Arlene should leave a review at Apple Reviews and, uh, and get us even more than the five stars that we have. And she can talk about how great her uh, her nephew is. You're you're absolutely right. She needs to she needs to put herself out there. Give us a review. I'm sure she will. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with some some mystery picks that the other person has not heard yet. Oh, this will be good. Yeah, we'll be looking into week 17 on Wanna Bet. We'll be right back after this minute, so stay with us. Okay. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we are back with the second half of the Wanna Bet podcast, and this is where we put new money into our wallets. If you can hear that $1,000 going in there, and we are going to turn our attention to week 17. I need a miracle. I need to do something to make up some ground. Yeah. I need some help. So hopefully, I have picked some winning bets. But, Miles, you're actually going to go first this week. I will give you my first bet this week. All right. And, um, here it is. I don't know if you're on this one or not, but it's an over-under, so I'm thinking you're not on it because, again, I think that you're over in the over-under department. But <laughs> I'm not over. <laughs> I've just not been great at them. Let's just clarify that. I might be over on the overs, but I'm definitely not over on over-unders. Well, I have an over, 
and it is the Miami Baltimore over, and that is at 47. Now, here's the thing, uh, and you can tell me if you're on it, and you can leave me in suspense. I, I don't know. But uh, I had read that this week that the Lions-Cowboys total of 53.5 is the highest total of the year so far. Mm. Uh, and I thought 53.5, that's pretty attainable. Maybe I should go with that. And then the stat was in the last two years, uh, like over under totals in the 50s for it to go, they've gone like under 69% of the time or something like that. It was a weird stat that I read. Mm. So I said, all right, uh, I'm not going to touch that one, but look what's at 47. You've got the Dolphins and the Ravens, and the Dolphins have been a very high-powered offense. And last week I ran with the Ravens, uh, and that was a, a higher total, and they they blew that away against San Francisco, which has a much better defense than the Dolphins. And I just think this is this is attainable. Both teams are still jockeying for position, if you will. I know right now Ravens have the uh, number one seed, but I think the Dolphins are still playing to maybe overtake that if they can, and this head-to-head might be uh, one of those factors. Uh, the Dolphins had a really great win last week. We're talking about some high-powered offense, and I know the Ravens have a, a relatively good defense, and you know San Francisco put almost 20 points on them. I think the Dolphins can do at least the same, and the Ravens' uh, you know offense is that good that I, I think to, to come up with the rest of the 28 is not that far off. So mm-hmm. Miami-Baltimore. Over forty-seven, that is three hundred and forty dollars to win three oh nine. All right. Do you want to know if I'm on that bet? I really want to know if you're on that bet. I don't think you are. I, I can't imagine that you are, but you can tell me. I am not on that bet. We may be talking about this game in a little bit, but no, I am not on that bet. Um Look, you got two great offenses. Yeah. The question is how good are the defenses? You know, Miami just gave up twenty points to Dallas. Uh, this could easily come in just a lot of points. You got really two great teams and this is a big game because as you say, uh, Baltimore is one game ahead of Miami, but obviously if Miami wins this game, they have the tiebreaker and they could be angling for the number one seed. So really, Mm. really important game for both sides. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think there will be some points just to whether or not with the intensity of this game, if the defenses really bear down, particularly on Miami's side, uh, and you know, produce a little bit more of a grind than you would be looking for for an over. But yeah. Yeah, we shall see. I feel like Miami's a team that often goes for it on fourth down, which you know is great when they make it and great for overs when they make it. But when they don't, that's when you get upset. But I, again, I, th- I feel like consistently Miami is the type of team that's scoring you know, on the low side, 17 points a week on the high side, you know, they score in the forties. Uh, yeah, good bet. Um, you know, that's going to be that if nothing else, that's going to be one of the most fun games of the week to watch. Absolutely. All right. Well, that leads into my first bet. And miles, what, what were you saying that I, you are claiming that I'm over on over unders, which again is not true. So guess what I'm taking? Uh, some side. I'm taking it over. <laughs> no. I am. You really are? I am indeed. So I am taking the over in the Tampa Bay New Orleans game. It's 42 and a half, and I'm betting 440 to win 400. Uh, this is a game that I looked at very, very intensely. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half at home over New Orleans. 
Tampa Bay has been playing well. They've won four games in a row. I, I thought about taking the spread on this game, Tampa Bay, laying the points. I thought about taking both bets like you did last week. I ended up just with the over. Um, big game for the NFC South. Uh, you know, if uh, Tampa Bay wins, they're eight and seven now. They're going to clinch the division for the third straight year. But, you know, New Orleans isn't out of it at seven and eight. And what I'm looking at is two teams that are trending over the last month in the sense that they're both scoring points. So really this bet is about this number at 42 and a half. I, I think it's a really, really low number for what these teams are doing. In the past four games, as I said, Tampa Bay's got four wins. They're averaging over 25 points a game. And New Orleans at two and two over the last four games, their two losses are to the Rams, who they lost to last week, and Detroit. They're averaging over 25 points a game. Rams are, uh, sorry, the Saints are a very unpredictable team, which is why I ultimately didn't take them, you know, in terms of the spread. But I just keep looking at this number thinking, how can these two teams with the way that they're playing right now, you know, Mayfield and Mike Evans have really, you know, developed a great rapport. Um, you know, Chris Olave had a big game for the Saints. They have enough weapons on both sides of the ball that getting to 42 and a half, I just think is not going to be that hard. Um, the weather's going to be good. You know, they're going to be playing in Tampa Bay. You know, Carr had three touchdown passes last week against the Rams. I just think that they're going to soar over this number, and uh, that'll be a nice start to my week. Interesting bet. Did not see that one coming. Uh, didn't really even look so hard at that total, but it, it makes sense the way you break it down. Baker Mayfield has been really good as of late, and I think Tampa Bay is coming on strong and making a case to try to win that NFC South. Uh, they're going to have to do it. Uh, you know, I don't know if they need help or if they control their own destiny. I, I don't recall. I think the Falcons are right there with them, and I'm not sure who has the the edge. But it's an important game for Tampa Bay, and and that's funny because I feel like in in years past, going into the last week, uh, sometimes last two weeks, when it's an important game for one team. Uh, I, I, it's not even half and half. Sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. I feel like they don't show up more often than not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I, I, I think that's smart to lay off the side. I think you're, you're definitely right that New Orleans is an unpredictable team and you just never know what you're going to get out of them. So I think over 42 and a half is, is, is reasonable. I mean, that's really just a little more than six touchdowns in the game. And yeah, definitely can happen. I think Tampa Bay will win the game. And let's give May- Baker Mayfield a little bit of credit. This guy, along with Joe Flacco, they are the comeback players of the year. He's really found a home there. And I was never a big Baker Mayfield fan, but he's playing very efficient football, not turning the ball over. Like I said, he's got a couple of uh, you know offensive weapons that he's really sparked with. And they've turned it around. They were 4-7, and seven, now they're 8-7, and seven, and they have their destiny. So uh, it's going to be an exciting game. Uh, again, I need New Orleans to get, I think, like 17 points and, and let Tampa Bay do the rest. And, you know, maybe in week 17, I can hit an over for the first time of the year. Wouldn't wouldn't be the end of the world, I promise. Uh, you know, it would be nice to end the season that way. So that's my first bet. Good. You know, you said something interesting uh, that comeback player of the year is, is likely to be. Uh, could be Baker Mayfield, could be Joe Flacco. I also saw it could be uh, is it is is it Hamlin uh, from the from the Bills who you know had, who got injured and yeah, I think well, not injured. He had a heart, you know, his heart stopped. Yeah, his heart stopped on the field. Right, um, that he's also up there for for comeback player of the year. But it got me thinking, and I was reading some Twitter. How stupid do the New York Jets feel having not? 
called upon Joe Flacco uh, after, you know, Aaron Rodgers going down in week one. I mean, they had the chance to Flacco was on their team last year. They could have gone with him. They didn't. They decided to roll the dice with sack with sack Wilson. Is that his name? Sack Wilson. <laughs> well, Zach, you've now branded him sack Wilson, but uh, that's close to his name. Right. We need t-shirts on that too. Let me make a note. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, he ends up with Cleveland and he's going to probably get Cleveland into the playoffs. And meanwhile, New York is going to, you know, be on the outside looking in and just wondering what the hell did we do wrong? I feel like I've seen over the past week, Robert Sala of the Jets has made some comments that he acknowledged he could have handled the post Aaron Rodgers injury and all of that a lot better. And I think he was speaking to exactly what you just said. Why didn't they go out and get, you know, if not a Flacco a Carson Wentz or somebody who has significant NFL experience, knows how to, you know, play professional football and lead a drive. And they just didn't do that. And they got, you know, smacked in the face for it and um you know it shows this looks extraordinarily bad well i will give you my number two pick and uh it is for 330 to win 300 and it is a outrageous pick there is there is a small chance you're on this but i don't know why you would be (laughs) it's such a bad pick there's a chance you could be on it (laughs) okay go ahead it's a bad pick only my cousin nick would join me in this pick and that is we are rolling with the chicago bears minus three against the falcons Mm. now here's the thing the falcons have something to play for and this is what i'm talking about you get into the last couple weeks you think oh the falcons have something to play for and they need to win so they're gonna win because they must win because they need to get into the playoffs and then weird stuff happens and they don't win look at last week Everyone was afraid of being on Atlanta. No one thought that they would win, and they ran away with that game. That was just out of nowhere. And I think this week the Bears are going to beat Atlanta because everyone thinks Atlanta needs to win. And the Bears, do they need to win? No, they don't need to win, but they've been playing great of late, and they're starting to gel, and they're starting to say, we're at a point where we need to either decide are we keeping our coaching staff, are we keeping our quarterback? Like, what are we building on for next year? Because the likelihood of us making the playoffs is, if not at 0%, it's in the single digits. Mm -hmm. And the good news is they already get the number one pick via Carolina, so they're going to improve. And so... I still feel the Bears are playing the win. They're going to be at home. It's a three-point favorite. I really like what they've been doing lately. Meanwhile, the Falcons, I mean, on paper, they're supposed to win. They're supposed to be vying for this NFC South, but I just think they're going to fail. I think they're going to, you know, basically pull a Chargers on us. And (laughs) I'm going with the Bears Minus three, 330 to win 300. I can't imagine you would do the same. Uh, You're right. This is a game I didn't even look at. I have no sense of what's... I feel like for you, this is a bet of of a... You're a product of living in the Chicago area and getting so much Chicago Bear data and information uh, thrown at you with the, the, the radio and sports talk and all that sort of stuff. I have zero sense of this game. Uh, yeah, Atlanta had a big we- big win last week against the Colts. Before that, they'd lost two games in a row. Chicago has won three out of four. Good on you, man, if you hit this bet, because I don't, it's not that I don't see it. I just, these are two teams that I would not be betting right now in terms of are they playing for something, not playing for something? Yes, Atlanta is. Chicago isn't. Uh, you're kind of going against the con- conventional wisdom. 
I feel like maybe you know something or you've gleaned something from all this information that you heard and that's leading you towards making this bet. It might be. And it's not like a homer bet because I don't particularly like the Bears. I'm not predicting them to, you know, do things that they're not supposed to do. It's just kind of a, you know, where they are in the season bet, kind of a spot bet. And to be honest, uh, it was it was between this one and and the Jacksonville bet, which uh, the Jacksonville's favored by six and a half. And I thought I I think David might actually pick that one. So I, I was thinking you might be on Jacksonville because you tend to bet on Jacksonville this year. <laughs> and so I ended up going with the Bears. And we'll see if my prediction is correct. Although it sounds like you're on Miami Baltimore also in a, in a way. So I don't know. Not surprise me. What do you got? We'll get to that in a second. So my next bet, it is not Jacksonville. And that's a team that I've been on a lot. The thing about Jacksonville is uh, Trevor Lawrence's shoulder is a huge question mark. There's a big question mark if he's going to play. And by the way, going back to fantasy. So I am going into the championship game. Trevor Lawrence has been my starting quarterback uh, all year. He's got the questionable shoulder. And I was like, okay, you know what? I should just put in my backup quarterback in the starting lineup just to be safe. And then if Trevor Lawrence is playing, um, I can switch them back out. Guess who my backup quarterback is? Someone that's playing tonight? Nope. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, in the Thursday night game, that would be tough because you don't have those extra days to know. Uh, who's? I hope it's not Russell Wilson. Oh, it's Russell Wilson. Oh! <laughs> I, was, I saw the headlines yesterday that he was benched. I'm like, what? Yeah, so in in a panic, I've picked up Gardner Minshew for my championship game, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, anyway, so getting into my second bet, I am taking a team that has killed me this year. Actually, I'm not taking them. They're in the game. I am taking Dallas minus five and a half over Detroit, 330 to win 300. So let's take a step back. Detroit has killed me this year. I had them on Thanksgiving. I thought they would play well. They did not. They got creamed by Green Bay. I had them a couple weeks ago uh, to you know, lose to, or at least have Denver cover them in Detroit. They spanked Denver. So they beat me there. Um, but what I have been very good at this year is identifying bounce back opportunities. And this bet for me is really about the Dallas Cowboys coming off of two really tough road losses in a row against Buffalo and against Miami. But when you take a harder look at that Miami game, they only gave up one touchdown. They gave up one touchdown and five you know, field goals. They lost on a last second field goal to Miami. I really think this game is about Dallas looking to reassert themselves. They're still chasing Philadelphia for the division. It's a hugely important game for them. Detroit has already won their division, so that's locked up. Of course, Detroit is playing for positioning. But Detroit, as much as I love watching them, they've been unpredictable. They allow a lot of points. And I think that Dallas is going to come into this game really mad. They've been complaining about officiating lately. People are starting to uh, you know, write them off a little bit. Although with San Francisco losing last week, they're not getting written off as much. And after two weeks on the road against tough week, you know, tough opponents, Detroit's coming in. Dallas is really, really going to want to bear down and play hard. And it's a lot of points. That's the thing that's making me nervous. I am laying the five and a half points. But at home, when you really want to win and you really want to win emphatically, I will take the Cowboys in this game. And by the way, I did consider the over as well, even at 53 and a half. I mean, it's a high number, but you have a lot of team. You have a lot of points that are going to be scored in this game. Do you want to know if that's my third game? 
I do. It's not my third game. <laughs> I will say this. I have seen a lot uh, on Twitter, on the internet, that th- this is a very trendy pick of yours. A lot of people are backing Dallas, and for good reason. Dallas at home is a really strong team, and I think you're getting them at a time where, you know, after last week and playing Miami, that they need to kind of show everyone again that this crap about not being able to beat anyone who's over 500 uh, is bullshit. I mean, yes, they beat Philadelphia, but we know they got them at a bad spot. But Dallas at home with a chip on their shoulder, uh, with Detroit, you know, having now, I think, clinched the NFC North and are making a playoff berth for the first time in a long time. I mean, they've already had their so-called... Uh, you know, big game of the year. I mean, so yes, they, they can still maybe jockey a little bit more for position or whatnot, but if they lose, it's not a big deal. If Dallas loses, uh, it's just, they're not going to be able to shake this, you know, one and done. You get into the playoffs and lose type of, uh, you know, reputation and, and no one's going to be afraid to play them. So I think it's a, like I said, it's a popular bet. I think they do win the game. Um, and I think they, when they are at home, they tend to beat teams by double digits. And I think this could, could there's a scenario where that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, but I also think at times that when Detroit plays their style of game, uh, they're as good a team in the NFC as any, uh, and that it could be a very exciting and, and, and tight game. So I like, I like the pick for you. I would tell you if I didn't. Uh, and I think it was, uh, I think that'll be a fun game to watch. I think there's a couple of fun games to watch this week. Definitely. And you brought up a good point. Um, the idea that Dallas really gets knocked for not having signature wins that win against Philadelphia is really only against the good team. And hopefully that is more ammunition on my side that Dallas is going to be steaming mad. And they know that this is a hugely important game, not just for the record and their divisional chance, chances, but for their reputation as a team that people are discounting them because they've beaten the Chargers and the Commanders and the Giants and the Jets, and they need to show that they can beat the good teams. And credit to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions who have their first divisional title in 30 years. That's been really fun to watch, and they deserve it. They've put together a great roster there. I don't think it's going to be enough this week. I'm a little nervous about swallowing the five and a half points, but I'm going to do it because I think Detroit uh, Detroit is coming into a bad situation and Dallas really needs to, to play hard. Well, that is a great segue into my third pick because um, I am swallowing five and a half points. I am taking the Los Angeles Rams minus five and a half against the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. And that'll be my last bet for 330 to win 300. So my thinking here is that the Rams currently are, you know, have a wild card playoff spot and they need to try to keep it. And last week they got to play on a Thursday. So they're getting that extra little, uh, little half week by, if you will, they beat a really good, unpredictable, like you said, Saints team, and they won by eight. Um, So I think they're certainly capable of swallowing those five and a half points against the New York Giants, who, you know, uh, I think covered last week and played a relatively tight game, but they're not playing for a whole lot except uh, pride, and the Rams really need to win this. And if the Rams are going to win, 
uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and back them to win, even though they're giving less than a touchdown. Uh, thankfully, it's less than a touchdown rather than a full touchdown. And I just think uh, they did it with New Orleans, who is probably more talented than the Giants. They can do it again, repeat this week. And hopefully that extra rest uh, is also something that is a positive and will you know, show in this in this game that is not a rivalry or anything like that. It's just another game, and we'll see if uh, Danny DeVito can uh, continue his uh, impressive performance at quarterback. You know, speaking of giving credit to teams, let's give credit to the Rams because uh, they were so awful in preseason. I remember saying, like, I don't know how they're going to win a game, like even in this annals of preseason. And when they have Matthew Stafford in there and Cooper Cup, and they've really done a nice job turning their season around, the thing that makes me nervous about the Rams going all the way to New York, because I just looked at their record, the Rams have two road wins this year against the Cardinals and the Colts. So they are a very different team home and away. And with the points that you have to lay, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with with Danny DeVito and the New York Giants. But that would be the only thing that really makes me nervous that you got a team going 3000 miles away. They haven't played great on the road this year. I don't know what the weather's like in New York. Hopefully that's not too, too bad. Um, And by the way, we're talking DeVito. We should take a step back because Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback in that game. It's not going to be DeVito. Taylor oh, is he yeah. out for sure? Well, Taylor's been named the starter. So Tyrod Taylor came in in the middle of the, the last game against the Eagles. He finished the game, and I think he played better. So there's actually an article right now on uh, ESPN, Giants to start Taylor over DeVito. He earned it, according to the coach. So I don't know if that changes uh, your feeling on the game. You've made the bet. But a couple things for me that would just make me a little bit nervous. You know, Taylor's kind of that veteran who might just have enough savvy to keep it close along the way. Uh, But the Rams have been playing better the last third of the season. So if you want to ignore their earlier road woes and just focus on the latter part of the season, you could have good timing. A lot of question marks for me. So, yeah, no, it's a fair point. And it's kind of how I was saying, you know, the teams that must win often don't. So on on one, on one hand, I'm going against the Falcons who must win and saying they're going to shit the bed. But on the other hand, I'm saying the Rams need to win and they're going to, (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that's just having faith in in a team that I feel is well coached. Yeah, uh, you know because Arthur Smith just couldn't find his ass with a fucking flashlight and a map. But uh, you know the Rams, I think, are are much better coached. I like uh, McVeigh, and I I just like the, the squad. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know I like coaches that make adjustments in the year. Sean Payton, Sean McVay, two of the best at it, and they really you know turn their teams around. Although Denver's sinking a little bit but you at least have a sense of strategies being in place. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things play out. Uh, so no real surprise here going into my last bet. I'm behind. I'm looking for money line opportunities. And in looking for uh, good money line opportunities, I am taking Miami at plus 145 on the money line to beat Baltimore. Uh, in Baltimore. So I have 230 left. I'm betting 230 to win 333. I almost bet the Chargers Broncos money line, but the Chargers are just 200. And when it was announced that Stidham was going to be the quarterback for Denver, that's when I looked at that game in that line. The Charger uh, under was like 36 or 37 too. I feel like there's an opportunity there. I just didn't quite have the the courage to do it. 
Uh, so I said, look, when do you have an opportunity to take one of the best teams in a conference uh, who are uh, money line, you know, underdogs and a chance to make some plus money there? We'll see how it goes. Baltimore is a better team. I am just hoping that Baltimore left everything on the line and on the field in San Francisco, that that game was so mentally important to them that they're going to sort of relax a little bit. I know it's hard to say, how are you going to relax when you're going home to play uh, Miami? But Baltimore is coming off of two tough road games. Miami is uh, coming off of the, the nice victory over Dallas. And I'm just hoping that there's enough speed, enough kind of, you know, wow factor with Miami and their game. And I say that looking at my note that Jalen Waddle's probably not going to play for the Dolphins, which isn't great. I don't have a lot to argue why Miami's going to win this game. I'm looking for a plus money bet, and this is a good team. Look, Baltimore wins the game. Not going to be surprised. They're really, you know, hitting on all cylinders. I just hope that Miami goes in and catches them on a, unaware a little bit, and I can steal some money off of this bet. That's all I got. No, it's it makes sense. It, it's it's weird though. Uh, it's weird in the sense that. Our competition. You're making this bet because you're behind in competition, and 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 you're you're pressing to find that money line game. It's not like this would have spoken to you, but for the fact that you want to catch up, or would it? I mean, because there's some times where you look at the money line on a on an underdog, and you say, "I really think that underdog. I feel good about that underdog, and I wanted them to win." Or is this? I need to find an underdog. What's the best that I could do? I think if it weren't. The competition, I might have looked at the spread and taken Miami with the points, but it is, you know, it is a competition. And we said that from the beginning and I'm trying to catch up and this is how you catch up by getting more return on your bet. And I have a chance to put that money on a good team, but it is about the competition more so than just the bet itself. Sure. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what I like about your bet, and that's if it comes in, that means Miami wins. And for Miami to win, they're going to have to score a bunch of points, in my opinion. So that would actually help my over 47. So I I can see those going hand in hand. Um, But uh, nonetheless, look, Miami's been a team that you've kind of we've talked about on prior episodes. You've kind of overlooked. You haven't given them a lot of credit. Uh, sometimes they earn your respect. Like I'd say last week was a definite respect earning week. And other times they, they haven't been their best. And you're like, well, of course, I mean, you know, the day that I bet on them is the day that they fold, but this could be, uh, this could be a good one. And like we already talked about another game of the week. So, uh, it's always fun when the, the games, the, the really good games are the ones that you've got action on. Cause you know, you're going to be watching it and you're going to be, you know, glued to, to all the action. You're exactly right. And I will say that one of the factors that led me to this bet is looking at the score last week that Miami only gave up 20 points to the Cowboys. I look at that as a good sign because we know they're a high powered out offense, but it's going to take a strong defense to make a long run in the playoffs. Not saying they're going to do it, not saying that they're going to win this week, but I did look at that and saying they can step up to the plate and play tough defense in a tough, you know, grindy sort of game against a good team. And I hope that continues. I hope they sneak one out 21-20 or something like that. Uh, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough going into Baltimore and play that team right now, but that's where my money is. Love it. Definitely love it. And I love that we have uh, we've wrapped another week of, of football. So to recap, 
uh, and I need to write all these down as well for you. But I've got the Miami-Baltimore game over 47, and that's 340 to win 309. I've got the Bears minus three against the Falcons, betting 330 to win 300. And then I've got the Rams minus five and a half, uh, 330 to win 300 over the New York football giants. Well, you were in first place cruising to a victory, so hopefully I can uh, make up some ground this week. I have... Uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I have the over 42 and a half. That's my big bet of the week. 440 to win 400. I have Dallas. I'm laying the points minus five and a half over Detroit. Detroit is coming to town. I'm looking for a bounce back opportunity for the Cowboys. That's 330 to win 300. And in a little bit of a prayer bet, I've got money line money on the Miami Dolphins. They are plus 145 over Baltimore, 230 to win 333. There you go. So with our bet and talking about going to a playoff football game, have you at all been thinking about if you won, where you'd want to go and vice versa? Have I been thinking about if I win, where are we going to go? Like what's eligible? Who is going to be hosting football games, football playoff games. I don't know that we know yet, to be honest. I think uh, we might know who might have a bye, for example, at least the first week. But, I mean, is this going to be a first week wild card? Is it going to be a, a second week? Is it going to be third? Who knows? But we need to start actually targeting which uh, which teams we'd, we'd want to see. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of thinking about it based on my position in the uh, standings right now. But Going to San Francisco to see a game up there, I think would be a hell of a lot of a fun for me. Yeah, no, I definitely like that. And and likewise, although it'd be a, a little bit of a plane ride for you, if you get yourself to Chicago, we could drive to Detroit. That would not be so horrible. And we could see a team that we've been talking about all year uh, in person. Although with them rarely making the playoffs, I don't know that we'll be able to find a seat. Yeah, they're, they're going to be going uh, slightly above market price. But yeah, what a fun atmosphere that would be to be in Detroit in that dome for them to host a playoff game. We'll have to uh, pay more attention at the end of this week when uh, you know the, the seating becomes more clear and who's hosting what. And uh, we'll look at the outcomes to our bets. But that is another wrap for the Want to Bet podcast. We love all our followers. Thank you guys for uh, for sticking with us. It's been a great season. Miles, what do you have to say to this group of people out there? I've got to say love your body, Larry, as I uh, head into Las Vegas to uh, win some fortune and hopefully do better at gambling here than I have been doing as of late on some of my picks. All right. Have a great time. Good luck in the poker tournament. Good luck with the three generations. Please. Peace out, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast, transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.